Welcome, everyone, to Mystery, a podcast about myths and history. I am one of your hosts, Bryant, with my permanent guest, Cammie. Hello, Cammie. Hello, Bryant. How are you doing? I'm well. How are you? I am fantastic. We are back with another episode where each week we bring you a story or legend, give you that uh, tale, and then we'll talk about some of the history behind it. And we have a weird subject today. I think I say that a lot, though, so... This is just a normal show in that case, then. Weird is, is normal. So, um, Cammie, what are we discussing? We are discussing the myth of the man in the moon. That's right, which is a, uh, like I said, it, it's it's interesting. So Cammie has a nice specific one that uh, you may be familiar with, but then I'll kind of cover some of just like the, like I said, the history behind it, but we'll talk about the fact that there's a lot more than just the man in the moon, some, some culture see like an animal. Uh, and stuff like that. So, Cammie, why don't you regale us with the, your story of the man in the moon? Okay, sure. I will go over my sources first. So I used Chabad.org, 10 Classic Jewish Teachings About the Moon by Menachem Poznar. The Face of Jacob in the Moon, Mystical Transformation of an Attic Myth by Elliot Wolfson. And UMSL.edu from book seven myths of the holy people and then i also used wikipedia specifically their man in the moon entry yeah so our story begins with jacob fleeing his home to escape the ire of his brother esau jacob has tricked his father upon his deathbed by bringing him savory meat and dressing in the skin of goats so his blind father could not distinguish him from his brother esau his brother was due a blessing in the birthright of the firstborn but jacob received it instead when Esau learned of his brother's trickery, he vowed to kill him. Jacob hid from his brother during this time. Rebekah, the mother of Jacob, pleaded with Isaac, his father, to send both of his sons to different lands to find their wives so that Esau would be too far from his brother to bring, him, to bring harm to him. Isaac sent Jacob to Haran during his journey. Jacob grew sleepy and rested for the night. He used stones for pillows and drifted into sleep. His dreams showed to him all of the angels of heaven ascending and descending a ladder that went from the place where he slept to the heavens and the throne. The angels spoke to each other as they climbed up and down. Look at his face upon the throne. And each angel climbed up, climbed up to heaven to look upon the throne and then back down to look upon his features. God too spoke, but to Jacob, telling him to climb the ladder and see his face upon the throne. Jacob refused to climb, for he was frightened of what he would see but God would show him of his divine nature in another way. Later, he sent an angel to wrestle with Jacob. They struggled all night with Jacob receiving an injury to his leg. The angel had Jacob pinned to the ground when he suddenly remembered through the struggle that he was not Jacob, but Israel. And speaking his own name, he overtook the angel. Jacob then knew his divine origins. Now knowing his true name, and that he too was a divine being. Jacob understood his purpose. He felt unworthy until this point, but now that he knew he had God's blessing. He now also understood that even though he was smaller than his brother Esau, who was like the sun, he himself was like the moon, the smaller of the two celestial bodies, but no less important. For when the sun shone brightly all day, it was never seen at night. For on this earth, Esau's light would be bright. He would not take part in the world to come. 
The moon, even though it is dim, can be seen in both day and night. So Jacob, though he was less imposing, would have not only part of this life, he was promised a part in the coming world. So God had put his image on the throne of glory, and that image was now engraved on the moon so that all people could know of their part in the world to come. Aw, that's just so nice. Yeah. I mean, you know, except for the trickery and the... Well, you know, (laughs) when when you got to wrestle with an angel, it just sometimes has to go down like that. Um, that's really cool. I, so I totally, I didn't look into the story. So I, 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 and I didn't know the story before this. So that was really nice. That was my first like introduction to it. Um, very cool. That's, that's wild. Yeah. That, that is one of the many famous myths or stories regarding like seeing a figure in the moon. Uh, they date back. I mean, as far as time kind of is for the most part. Uh, I imagine like in a lot of ways they're oral histories because they have connections to religions and cultures that practice oral history like the Norse and uh, the Mesoamerican societies and things like that. They didn't really write down all this stuff. But um, seeing like a, a like a Jewish heritage story, that's really, really cool. I do want to specify so yeah. Yeah, that this did not come directly from um, any actual like the Torah or yeah. the Bible even. It was basically from the later like medieval uh Jewish mysticism. Okay, cool. Yeah. That's yeah, that's and that's what I have. I have a very small blurb about it too. And then yeah, it, it said medieval Jewish tradition that the image of Jacob is engraved on the moon. That's sort of like a blurb that I have from Wikipedia and a couple other sources. So um that's awesome. Well that and that's how it happened. Um, yeah, it's, it's cool. I I guess I can start, like, one thing I notice is in a lot of, uh, Western or European cultures, the, the guy, the man in the moon, the origin is someone who's sort of sent to the moon, either in a positive way, or in some cases he's banished to the moon. It's, it's someone, and it, like, there's a woodcutter who's banished to the moon in, in a lot of famous European stories. So it's like a punishment, um, of being put on the moon. There's actually going back to that. I was mm-hmm. when I was reading about this story, there is a story about a man that I, I think like if you read in the Bible, he's bringing along sticks and he's working on the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. And so he was punished um, by the people. They threw stones at him. But in like later in this tradition, you're seeing him um, being banished to the moon. Just yeeted on up there. Right. Right. <laughs> That's the term in the Bible, right? Now, um, yeah, it, it's it's interesting. Like that's I, that's one thing I kept saying. I mean, there's there's tons of different kind of versions of this too. I like we were talking about this before. We're we're likely going to come back to some of these other stories that are a little more fleshed out. Um, one of my favorite ones is uh, the Japanese based one. It's called the Tale of the Bamboo Cutter. But uh, people might know it too as Princess Kaguya. It's it's a movie that just came out from the Studio Ghibli guys. They do like My Neighbor Totoro and stuff. They did their own version of this, and um, it's really cool because they sort of believe like there is like a uh, people from the moon kind of divinely coming down, and it, it's more of a positive thing than someone being like banished to the moon and stuff like that. But the funny thing, so this kind of reminds me of our, our bloody Mary episode where this is more of a, uh, to talk about this, there's more of a psychological association here. And that's with the phenomena of, um, pareidolia. That's the phenomena where you kind of, 
you see things in imagery that's that's not necessarily there. So like Cammy was saying, like you look at a wall socket, you can see a little face. Um, there's actually a really great subreddit for this stuff where people post all sorts of awesome things like that. And and that's that's sort of the root of this. Um, and what I kind of like is, like I said, so many cultures have their own different way of seeing it. And it's connected to things like Rorschach tests and stuff like that, like the the, the idea of pareidolia. And it, it evolved over time, too. It, it, it I mean, obviously, it takes shape in these stories where people, they see someone in the, like a, fig, a figure in the moon or a, a, a figure of an animal or a person. So they try and explain that with cultural myth, whether it's more of like a fun story or, or something a little more literal. Um, and that kind of just depends on the culture. But over time, too, you would see this come in like uh, art in the like pre-Renaissance and Renaissance era, and it would keep going on. And, and so humanity kind of, I think, became like way more aware of it and started utilizing it. It's mentioned in Shakespearean plays of, of seeing a figure in the moon and stuff like that. So there was this awareness of being able to see an image in something. And the word pareidoli um, or pareidolia comes from the Greek word para, which means beside or alongside or instead of, and the noun eidolon, which means image, form, or shape, which when I heard that word, I was like, I've heard eidolon before, and that's because it was used in Final Fantasy IX, so there's Bryant's Final Fantasy reference of the day. <laughs> anyway, um, and that's cool. I, I, you know, it means, for me, I, I, alongside image, you know, it's it's there's an image, and this image is one alongside that one, you know, and, and, and uh, par- pareidolia can also be used to reference things like um, hidden messages in music. So like, you know, when you play Queen backwards and it tells you how to kill your parents, that's pareidolia. <laughs> um, so, uh, and there was that Queen and or like the that. Beatles? <laughs> both. You were correct okay, on both of okay. those. Yeah. One teaches you how to cook weed and then the other helps you kill your parents. So <laughs> cook weed. <laughs> Cook weed, yep. <laughs> and inject it right in your veins. And it's 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 cool. There there's been tons of like throughout culture in general too, we've we'll see pareidolic things happen like um seeing Mother Teresa or um the the uh, the Virgin Mary in your toast and stuff like that sure. and all these other things like that. One really funny one that I liked, or not funny, I guess you'd say one interesting one was there was this huge monkey tree phenomenon in Singapore. I might link to it. Anyway, there was like a a special tree. Looks like it had like an engraving of a monkey on it. Everyone was flipping out. So yeah, pareidolic imagery is, is, is very influential. And, and like I said, what I love about it is the localization of it because in, in, Chinese mythology, it's very important uh, regarding a moon rabbit, which is also um, seen in, in Japanese and Korean mythology and, and other Asian and Vietnamese mythology. It's very big as well. Um, and like I said, in uh, Mesoamericans, they also see animals like a rabbit in the moon, similar to that. And another thing that I've read, too, was the fact that the, you know, the northern and southern hemispheres are in different parts of the planet that's how it works but so because of that the way they see the image is different and oh yeah um, that makes sense yeah and and like the micronesian and and southeast asian islands they have uh, interesting takes of like seeing a frog and stuff like that and and it's interesting because yeah i mean the the way you we will always here in south carolina cammy and i will pretty much always see the moon as we see it so if we study it it's going to be in the same sort of form um, always, right. but but some dude chilling in uh, a Polynesian country or island, he's going to be looking up, and it's going to be different. He's going to see this different like shadows and depths and things like that. 
So it's really interesting. Um, but like I said, super injected in a lot of different ways. So what is the cause? Well, it's, it's pretty simple. Um, there are these dark areas and light areas of the moon. The dark areas are really what makes like helps to like flesh out the shapes. And those are called a uh, lunar Maria, um, Maria being like seas, the Latin word for that. And those parts are actually hardened lava planes that are less reflective. So as the moon aged and continues to, that's how it kind of forms those bits and bobs. And there's like, um, there was, I didn't look into it too much, but there's like craters on Mars and stuff like that, where people also have that sort of imagery. So these natural kind of landmasses, then there's, there's tons of different natural landmasses, uh, in, on earth that also. Oh wait, kind of yeah, there's like a, there's something on Mars where it does look like a face. Like it looks like a Pharaoh or something. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it is it's oh you know what and I do have a little blurb about the Christian lore explaining that a man caught gathering sticks on Sabbath yeah so there you go points for you Cammy thanks call your Sunday school teacher now let her know but I, yeah I yeah. got that from Wikipedia <laughs> oh, who didn't get it from Wikipedia yeah so it, it it's really nice it, the the there's some really cool connections too. Um, like I said, Norse mythology has this idea. Uh, I, I really liked in your story too, the duality of like the sun or the brothers being like sun and moon. Mm-hmm. Um, Norse mythology has that as well, where the moon's represented by a man and, you know, uh, the wolf is chasing and that's how sort of things, that's how the days revolve. And there's actually a connection towards Jack and Jill as well in like Scandinavian myth huh. and like, yeah, moon stuff. I didn't go into it too much, but, um, cause we, I mean, we could totally go into Jack and Jill on another episode, but yeah, there was just a cool connection there between these stories sort of, um, evolving in it. And so it may be this, the base of the story for Jack and Jill where these people go to grab something and then kind of get lost. But yeah, that's essentially it for the most part. I mean, the moon, uh, hardened lava areas make these these seas of shadow that help sort of highlight these points and this phenomenon where we see things in the moon called pareidolia it then sort of took on its own life for and depending on what you know country you were in what culture you had they saw different things and they would have these different uh explanations for it um again rooted in like some see a woman a frog a buffalo a dragon um yin yang imagery is there you can kind of see the yin yang circular symbol there a little bit too so there's huge connections to that um and the whole concept of pareidolia is is really big as well there's it goes into a lot of different things like think of Rorschach testing and other sort of forms of being able to do that. And and think about too, about it's also auditory where you hear things that aren't necessarily there or that's not their intention. Um, But yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. And uh, there's a lot there with all the different myths that we could kind of touch into. Um, But uh, for the most part, uh, that's, that's it. Yeah. It's very similar to the Zodiac where mm-hmm. we see stuff in the stars as well. Like, I mean, you yeah, look up, yeah. that's your canvas, kind of. Yeah, that's a story. good point, too. And and I think what's really cool about that is because a lot of people see the the, or the, the Zodiac is pretty universal. Like, every kind of culture has the Zodiac and recognizes, mm-hmm. like, it independent of each other. But uh, they also kind of take their own spin on it as well. So that's, that's a really good connection there, especially because these are both, like, you know, astronomical uh things that you can see uh, and things like that i just really love how i i never i never considered i learned i never realized that 
the southern hemisphere is different. I, I knew it was, <laughs> but I didn't realize that it's you know it, it's literally the opposite of of us in a way in the northern hemisphere. And I I really learned this because of Animal Crossing, because especially oh now, yeah you can choose yeah right yeah now you can before you couldn't and so like I know people would like choose like six months ahead just so that way they like could actually if when it was winter for them it was actually winter in animal crossing instead of it so uh yeah i thought that was really i i never thought about the fact that yeah these people are going to be seeing different things and i just wonder about once like culture started trading and meeting you start talking about these stories and you're like oh yeah we have a frog in the moon and you're like what are you talking about it's a rabbit like <laughs> um but then you look up and boom yeah it's different <laughs> so um yeah yeah i i I'm really, uh, I'm really excited. Like, there's a lot, a lot of different cultures here. A lot of like smaller bite-sized stories too. So it's kind of hard to like cover them all. Um, and a lot of them just are more like explain. Like, like the Norse one. There's a guy. His name's Mani, which is the word for moon, running around. A Christian myth, like you mentioned, or or like story, and even Roman. Like, there's a difference between like the Roman Christian. And the German, like uh, Germanic Christian cultures, one accuses him or uh, has an accusation of stealing from a neighbor. Roman says um, someone stole a sheep, and then they were banished to the moon. So uh, it, very straightforward. Just dude goes has to go to the moon for some reason. <laughs> but uh, the the Asian based ones seem to have a little bit more like oomph to them, like the Japanese one. I mean, that's like a full fledged story that came around the 10th century and is is like I said. A, a huge thing and then the vietnamese one too it looks like it's got a little something there and as well as the chinese so yeah it's a fun little subject and pareidolia is a lot of fun uh like i said if you are uh, on reddit you should check out the subreddit for it people will post really fun interesting pareidolic images all the time so or you could uh, just turn off your lights at night and stare at whatever your chair in the corner right it's gonna yeah. turn into something <laughs> <laughs> Well, cool, Cammie. Thank you for your story. That was a really nice way to kind of get into it, a, a different way, too. Um, I really appreciate that. And I hope uh, that this scientific episode of Mystery was engaging because <laughs> um, uh, the science part was for free. Normally, it's just myths and history. But uh, yeah, uh, thanks for listening in, everyone. Um, don't forget, we're here every Wednesday. And we've got uh, episodes, the Podicus Magnus episodes, every other Friday with Peter, where we'll jump into stuff that's a little more, or we'll jump into stuff a little more in depth. Um, you may have been noticing too, we've been putting ads in our episodes of fellow podcasts. Please give them a shot when you can and support them. They've been doing the same for us. So um, we're also working to get some groovy music, uh, original music to add to spicing things up. But we appreciate it. If you have any feedback, um, Facebook group is a great way to go. Mythstory with an IE, myth and story with an IE. We're on uh, Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter now too. Um, Cammy, what else do I we have need an, to say? An Instagram, YouTube. Yes, now that's right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, you can you can see Cammy and I discussing this now on YouTube if you like, or you can listen to us, of course, on audio on pretty much every major podcasting service. So I think that about does it. Thanks again, Cammy. Thank you, Bryant. All right, everyone. We'll see you next time. <laughs>